friends, normally we'd open up the show with the typical banter and the music and all that stuff. But uh, this week's been a little different. Uh, we lost uh, Jay Briscoe earlier this week uh, to very tragic circumstances. And one of the stories that we're going to be talking about this week uh, includes the family, his daughters, and an update on uh, what's going on. So we have our traditional uh, five stories that of uh, the week that we discuss, and Jeremy and I are going to go through that. And there will be some levity, but just to start today, I, I wanted to uh, offer up condolences and support and love to the entire Pew family, to Jay Briscoe's family, to his friends, to people who have been around him, affected by him, supported by, and all things uh, Jay Briscoe has done for people. Um, we're going to miss him as a performer, and we're going to miss him. Uh, many people will miss him as uh, as a father, as a husband, and as a human. Jeremy, um, no other way to segue this, but how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm very tired. It's been a long week. It's been a long year. Um, and I, I feel, you know, my heart goes out to the, the Briscoe family and everything they've gone through this week. And I can't imagine how, how difficult it's been. And yeah, it's just, it's been a long week and a long year, man. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to get easier, but I, I I just pray for the the Briscoe family because I mean we're going to talk about this story, and I'm I'm a I'll, I guess I'll I'll just I'll just bring it up. So on Thursday night, uh, a family friend of the Briscoes, I believe the same friends who set up the the donation page for them, and everybody can it was Josh Wharton. Um, uh, everybody can check the the donation page. In the description, it's in the description on this video. Uh, go donate if, if you can. You can also click uh, a prayer button uh, as well, so you can, you can do that to, to help support however you can. Uh, he 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 went to Facebook Live and gave an update on the the girls um, who were in the car with Jay, their their daughters uh, Gracie and Jaylee, um, and it was from it was directly from uh, Jay's wife, Ashley. So it was, it was directly from her that, uh, they said on the stream, they've known Jay for like 25 years. Like it, it may have even been more than that, honestly. So they, they all grew up together and everything. So they, they've known him for a long time. They've known the family for a long time, pretty much their entire life. Uh, they, they even said on the stream, like, we didn't really even know Jay is like a wrestler or anything. Like we knew him as, he has a landscaping business around here. You know, we'd go to the, we go to the bar, we'd have some drinks, hang out, have like boys night and everything. Like that's the Jay we knew. And then we didn't realize like the impact he had on the wrestling community until this. And we saw everything. We saw the messages and stuff. And it's like, Oh wow. Like Jay was a big deal in the wrestling community. And, and I think that's something that sometimes we get, we get lost on in, in wrestling is like, we just kind of all know each other is like, we do this for wrestling. And it's like, well, we all got lives outside of the wrestling stuff that we do. And and that really came up during this stream. But the, the biggest thing that, that came from this stream was um, the update on the daughters. And man, it's, it was, it was heartbreaking to, to read, to listen to, uh, to, to transcribe and just, you know, the, the things they're, they're going through. I'm not, I'm not gonna go, go through it all because I, I, I truthfully want everyone to, if you don't, if you don't listen to it, read it and like 
actually see what these girls are like have suffered in, in this on top of losing like their father. Um, like the, the Gracie who, who they, they said is did the cheerleading and stuff. And I believe I, I don't know 100%. I believe she's the one in the video that people have been posting that ROH posted a few years ago, Jay doing the cheerleading routine with, uh, I believe that is, that is Gracie. Um, but she she had to have back surgery for compression on her spinal cord. And then, then Jay Lee had uh, like fractures in her neck, fractures in her back. Um, she had to have uh, part of her bowel removed. Like it's just, it's absolutely awful what these girls have, have gone through and will continue to go through on their road to recovery. And, you know, I just hope that they can live a, somewhat normal physical life after all of this, after however long it takes. And then, you know, mentally, emotionally, again, I, that I can't imagine what they're going to go through. So uh, the link is in the description. Uh, if you want to read the article to, to really get everything that, that is out there on there to really get the severity of it all. And then as, as always with, with anything that I write, I encourage everyone to actually listen to it not not only for for context and understanding but in this case i mean really for understanding in this case like just listen to this entire thing and hear what this family is going through and you know as a husband as a as a stepfather like i can't even imagine like the everything this family is going through right now because it's it's awful it's absolutely awful it is. And as you mentioned, reading through that update, there's a lot to take in. There's a lot to digest. Um, personally, I tried to read um, a little more positively into it in that the opportunities for recovery are maybe a little higher than expected. Um, that's kind of what I got from from reading through this, uh, this reading through the transcript again. Like you said, going and watching the video is a completely different animal. It's a different expectation that you'll get because context does matter in this case. Uh, however, I maybe I'm just being an internal optimist. Something something in the reading of it, something in the explanation of it, did make me think that um, there there is some positivity coming out of what has been. Uh, an absolutely nightmare scenario for this family. Uh, And that's, that's really all I have to add to it. I I hope that people continue to support the family, however they see fit. I hope that people continue to talk about Jay Briscoe as, as a human, as a wrestler, as a family man, whatever it is, whatever keeps that memory going, keep it up uh, and keep the family in your thoughts because there's, there is a long road ahead, but at the same time, there's a lot of support that, uh, that makes that road a little less lonely. So that's, um, that's all I really have to add to what you so eloquently said. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, listening to it and writing it and stuff like I was, I was crying last night, uh, Thursday night, uh, when, when I was, when I was doing it and I, I feel putting, putting it out there. I'm really glad that they gave this update because I do think people need to, to understand like the actual severity of it all. And I, I, cause it's tragic and it's awful. And sadly, like it's just the beginning of, of all of this. 
for them because it is it is going to be a long road again physically mentally emotionally like everything and it is nice that like the wrestling community has really come out in droves to to support i know when that uh when, when the 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 donation page launched um no it launched it launched on thursday morning and then by by the evening like i I already hit the goal of over a hundred thousand i think it's at like 183 as of friday morning um and they they upped the goal from 100 to 200 so the wrestling community as as we typically do in these situations it sucks that it takes these situations but as as we typically do in these situations like we come out and, and we support our own on this so like that is great i hope that you know, whatever AW ROH can, can offer is happening as well. And I hope how, however, again, if, if you're listening to this, however you can help, if you go to the donation page and, and click the prayer button, if you just say a prayer uh, at night or anything like that, they, they were, they were very, you know, they're religious people. Um, I think that's pretty well known about the Briscoes. And if you listen to this stream, it becomes even more well known of just that community and everything. And they, they, very much believe in the power of prayer and kept asking for a lot of prayers and stuff. So like, even if that's what you can do, like that means a lot to, to them and to that family. And if you can, you know, donate financially that uh, that's helpful as well, but however you can help just keep, keep these kids in your, in your thoughts because man, and I, I can't, I can't imagine like what they're going to have to go through. And like, I think about it with like, you know, my kids of like, if something happened and like, I don't want to, I don't want to think about that, but that's just where like my head just sometimes went over these past couple of days. It's like, fuck, like I, I don't even want to think about like what would happen if something happened to, to me or them and how, how tough that would be on, on all of us. So yeah, keep, keep these kids in your thoughts and prayers, man. We'll have a link to the, to the uh, donation page in the description of the video. If you can, please consider donating. If maybe financially you're unable, like Jeremy said, there is a send prayer button. Um, listen, I know it may sound a little hokey to do something like that, but it does go a long way because it is literally sending your thoughts to, to people who need uh, a little bit of a of, of a push right now to, to find some positivity. Um, if you're ready to move on, we can keep going. No, no, that that's that's all. Um, you know, I said oh, before, like I don't know, been, I don't talk about too much. Like I just want everyone to to read, do what you can, to listen, donate, whatever you can do, and then I usually talk like ten minutes about it. Uh, but th- this, you know, this this particular article was not my process. Was not necessarily talking about me and my process and going through all all of, all of that. Like it is like we're about to talk about uh this is much much more important much bigger than that yeah i'm glad that we were able to share that and i'm glad that uh you and i were able to talk about it because i know you talked about it on various shows throughout uh, the last few days and this um it, it can be a little cathartic for those who are who are writing the stories to get an opportunity to, to talk it out as well so thank you the, this this was um this was good i do i do want to say um thank you to the people who like did did say uh kind things about me and the the article because like like you just said like it, it can be tough like having to like listen to this and transcribe this and like put this story out there like it, it can be a little taxing and you know a lot of people were very kind of like hey thanks for like doing this like i hope i hope you're well and stuff and, and this 
is not uh, this story is certainly not about me, but I, I do just want to put that out there that I, I do appreciate that when people say that and who think of me in, in that way, uh, that's, that's very, that's very much appreciated. I, I just want to put that out there like publicly of people who like thank me for, for something like this. And my job is to write stories and share information that are again, much, much bigger than me, but you're right in that. Like when I have to cover this all day, and and write stuff like this it's like it it sometimes isn't easy and so i do appreciate the people who like appreciate that and have checked in on me let's uh let's move on there's no other way i can segue so (laughs) let's move on to i guess we'll just call this number five uh wwe fan recalls meeting uncle howdy backstage his voice was on the high (laughs) side WWE fan Chloe, who is a younger fan, she hosts the What's Up WWE Universe podcast, uh, apparently met Uncle Howdy, maybe, by chance. <laughs> Not uh, maybe, like it was, the the person was Uncle Howdy in the costume, like that's who this, this fan walked by, it was Uncle Howdy. My goodness, so so <laughs> Uncle Howdy's real, he's not just a, he's not just some person who shows up behind lighting and yeah. tugs at his collars and does the laugh <laughs> yeah tell me about uh wwe fan chloe and what's up wwe universe uh i've i'd never heard of this this podcast is this young lady who is it seems like she just does like recaps of like wwe shows like any of us other dorks do um so so good on her Get, getting getting started early and just giving her thoughts on stuff again good on her for that and she she talked about her experience backstage at WWE and you know, she thought she positive things only. And uh, like, Oh, met Rhea, met Dom, met this person, met that person said everybody was very nice and, and stuff. So she was joking about Bianca, joking with Bianca about her damage control shirt and things like that. It was a very like positive, uh, positive story of being backstage and stuff. And like, I typically wouldn't write, about this stuff because it's just like yeah it's somebody backstage talking about their experience like if it's I, i've written a story about like dale earnhardt jr talking about being backstage I, I wrote a story this week about freddie prince being front row and mjf roasting him and stuff like if it's a celebrity sure then it becomes like some crossover story this is just a young fan who's just hanging out backstage and it, this happens every single week on WWE events right like a bunch like families kids go backstage and meet these wrestlers and stuff I don't know how many of them have podcasts, but I, this is like a 13 minute thing. And I decided to listen to it because I was like, eh, whatever. I got really five minutes to kill because I put it on whatever speed and zip through it. And she just says like, I ran into uncle howdy and like, she's like joking about it and stuff. And I'm just thinking like, this is a test. I'm going to test and see if I write this, how much it actually gets picked up. Like, is this thing going to get picked up? And are people are going to like, will this be part of the Bray Wyatt Uncle Howdy lore? And, or will it just be like, eh, nobody's going to do anything with it. And it just, it's whatever. It's, oh, a backstage fan thing. And I, I, I wasn't surprised, but it's like, it got picked up. Like a bunch of sites went with it. And it's like, new clues with Uncle Howdy. Max fan reveals like their interaction with Uncle Howdy. I'm just like, are we, are we that desperate for this stuff? Are we that desperate for the lore and the mystery and the clues? Who are we without the lore? We did an entire (laughs) short 
We did an entire segment on Tim and Joel calling the ring about the lore. Th that's all we need. People can just talk about the lore all day. And guess what? People are going to talk with you about the lore. It it was in, insane. And you know what? I, I hope this podcast blew up. I hope a bunch of people start listening to this girl. And, and I hope she becomes I hope she, whatever her dream is in the world of wrestling. I, I hope that this is a good step in, in reaching that dream because she seems like a nice girl. She, it sounds like she loves wrestling. She had a good experience backstage and I kind of just wrote this article to pop myself with Bray Wyatt lore. And that was the point of it. She'll be, she'll be backstage at, uh, at NXT in no time. She'll be sitting like front row as like the number one Roxy Roxanne <laughs> Perez Stan. And then five years later, she'll get a job with women of wrestling as their social media director and do interviews <laughs> on the red carpet. And then eventually she'll train to be a wrestler, maybe have a match with Effie who knows what'll happen. I again, I, I legitimately hope like some, whatever her dream is in, in wrestling, she's, she's seems to be doing a good job. Like her, her podcast, it was short little, little thing, but it was nice. And you know, good honor, good honor. Whatever her dream is, keep keep doing that, uh, young Chloe. And I hope it all works out for you. And if you're listening to this, if you need any help with anything, you know, let me know. I, I'll I'll help you out, however however I can. Do some wrestler interviews. I'll cover that stuff for you. You know, but good. You go, Chloe. Follow your dreams, Chloe. Yeah, this is this is a, it, this is a fun business to be a part of it. It can be tough at times, but uh, it sounds like the experience that uh, that Chloe that you had was a good one and a positive one. So this this was a fun little piece of news to talk about because like you said, it was a bit of an experiment, but also let's face it, someone is living out a dream or at least like having fun talking about wrestling, which is what we're here to do. So I full respect I'm to Chloe. I'm going to listen to our next podcast. She's going to bury me of like, I got this, all this unwanted attention. I did not want this to be a story. And then I'm going to feel awful. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm sorry. Like I, you'll be to her for help. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh damn. I, I, my bad. I'm sorry, Chloe. Please don't, please don't hate me. I, I just kind of did it to, you know, pop myself with Bray Wyatt lore. And I, I really, I, and I did think about like, oh, like, do I even want to write this? But she has a Facebook page. She was posting photos from backstage on the Facebook page. And so it was very like public stuff. Had it been, had it been, it was clear, like she wanted to keep it like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about this. This is just a very, I'm just kind of talking about this on my podcast thing. Then I probably would have just like, not done anything but it was very public and everything and i was not trying to like blast anything here she 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 seems to be doing a good job with her podcast and i i honestly hope that it helps in some ways and she sees viewership and stuff and interest and stuff go up and it and it helps her and if it doesn't and she actually is mad i'm sorry <laughs> well we'll find out in due time on to the next one number four jade cargill doesn't know what happened with the bow wow storyline we moved on. Well, <laughs> clearly Bow Wow was not the ship in which Mercedes Monet made her appearance. And clearly Bow Wow being shrunken down with every like by a Tom's custom post also didn't help. But Jade Cargill's more than okay with it. Uh, talk to me, Jade Cargill appearing on Bootleg Kev about Bow Wow and the storyline that never was. Uh, this is a really good interview. Uh, first off, I've never listened to, to Bootleg Kev, uh, tremendous radio name, by the way. 
Never, never listened to him, but a good interview to get Jade Cargill on there. And he seemed knowledgeable when it comes to, to wrestling and everything. I think people, the Bow Wow thing was prominent on AEW television, right? Like it, it was very prominent. It was on Dynamite. They did multiple segments. They teased it. They built it up. And then it just kind of got dropped. Yeah, there was the speculation that this is how Mercedes is going to debut. Um, and then it just got dropped. And I don't think too many people wondered where what actually happened because I don't think that many people were super interested in it because Bow Wow in 2023, I don't think means a whole lot. Um, but she was asked about it and she's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. We had an idea, didn't worry out. We moved on from it. It's like, all right, cool. Like, appreciate you answering the question and everything. And sometimes like I saw a lot of discourse around this and it, like sometimes like if, if shit ain't working, just drop it, let it go, make Move a tongue in cheek little reference to it. And then that's it. Like, and I don't know if they've referenced it on television. If they have, like if it was a line or something, I missed it. Um, but yeah, they just, just moved on from it. And maybe they come back around to it. I don't know, but I think I've said it on this show. I the Bow Wow stuff never I, I never got it. Look, I, I loved Bow Wow when I was a kid. Some of those songs are great. Like, you know, I was, a, I was a kid enjoying the Bow Wow. Um, but now in 2023, I again I think I've said it on the show, but like I don't know who follows this man, but this man has like millions of followers and gets less engagement on these tweets than like you do, Joel Pearl. Like I, I don't get it. Like there's no engagement on his tweets. I don't think, I think it, they might've just looked at the follower count and not the actual like uh, statistics on his tweets. And it was like, Oh boy. Yeah. This guy actually doesn't bring much of anything to the table. Unfortunately, that's fairly common in show business uh, looking at the following and not looking at the reality of how many people actually engage with the content. Uh, what here's the thing. Let's say it was a mixed tag match. Jay Cargill and Smart Mark Sterling versus Bow Wow and let's just say it would have been Mercedes Monet. How hilarious would that match have been? And like at the Kia Forum, at the fabulous Kia <laughs> Forum, big time Bow Wow and Mercedes wow. Monet. Uh, it would have been absolutely hilarious. Bow Wow seems like just one of those like Andrew Yang wrestling grifters. Remember he got into that feud with like, Oh, Soldier Boy got into that thing with like that was Brandy. Yeah, but Bow Wow did some shit too, where he said he was interested in wrestling. He was going to train with Rikishi and shit, and then like nothing, of course, came of it. I, I think some of these people just like they see wrestling and they see that like it has some popularity. It obviously has very hardcore fans and everything, and it's celebrities get into it all the time, right? It's a it's a it's a easy sport to get into if you're like a celebrity or anything or pseudo celebrity or anything like that. Cause you know, it's not like basketball or anything where you actually got to have like some skill and some talent and like, you ain't going to see you know, as much as Drake wants to be in the NBA. Like these guys ain't like NBA players. They can do their one-off games and stuff, but that's like it. Like wrestling, you can just go, you can be there for a few weeks. You can get paid nicely. You're pretty protected. You get treated like a huge deal on on all this stuff and like they they see wrestling is just like a very easy in with stuff and then you you separate and we've heard all of these stories before you see who like actually takes it serious like the bad bunnies and everything and then you just see these guys who are honestly like using wrestling for clout like 
that's a thing that's legitimately exactly. a thing in like these celebrity worlds of like we're gonna just use wrestling that was the most engagement on these bow wow tweets by the way he announces a tour no one gives a shit he's a musician no one cares about his tour he's like bickering with jade cargill it's like oh like like retweet comment comment it's like yeah they use wrestling for clout and it's kind of astounding to me it is because wrestling ain't exactly uh lighting the world on fire with popularity but you know what if a small insular crowd blows up something people take notice yeah anyway let's keep going get out of get out of our own our own cloud uh nick khan says tony khan seems like a nice (laughs) kid his dad is very impressive uh nick khan with some words on the bill simmons show there's a lot from that interview that went around this is the uh this is the one that you picked it felt like before you get into it, felt a little bit like uh, Nick Khan didn't respect Tony Khan as much as uh, as, as much as other people do. Jeremy Lambert. So I picked this one because it, we just kind of can have an overarching comment or conversation about the Nick Khan interview. If you like, like I find him, he's very he's going to say the right things, right? Like Nick ain't going to get himself into trouble with the people he doesn't need to get himself into trouble with. Um, the interviews of like Bill Simmons, who I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, I think I, he's blocked me on Twitter a long time ago, uh, but I'm not the biggest fan of Bill Simmons. Like some stuff he'd like press on and then other stuff he would just like, haha, Nick, you're great. Um, oh, but overall, like it's a, obviously a huge get to get Nick Khan with given everything that's going on right now with WWE. It's a, it's a very big get uh, for that. And I think Nick was his, his former agent. So that's why that all worked out. This particular comment, though, just popped me because it it is Nick just being so dismissive. One, like people are like, oh, he said kind things about the dad and stuff. Never use Shad's name. Never, never actually use the name. Just the dad, his dad. And then calling Tony a kid when he's like a year or two older than Tony. And he's just like, oh, yeah, his kid must love that it's financed by his dad and everything. Like, it's got to be great for him. Like, seems like never met him. Seems like a nice kid. He's he's off there playing with his figure fed in real life. Hey, you know, good on him. He's operating at a loss. You know, it's easy to operate at a loss. Like, I don't know what their books are, but I don't know if they're making money, but they're probably not making money. So, you know, it's easy when, you know, daddy, daddy's just pumping money into this thing. You ain't actually got to worry about wins and losses, red and black, things like that. He's so dismissive and he's so arrogant. And I understand like look, look, some of his comments were abhorrent and he doesn't need to be fending a uh, alleged rapist and, and things like that. In this particular petty wrestling war, uh, it popped me with, with this stuff. So how did you feel about this interview, Joel? If I'm Shad Khan, I come back to WWE and I say, I have $16 billion with my consortium. And WWE is like, okay, but Tony can't be a part of it. And he's like, okay. And then they sign the paperwork and he says, okay, but here's the thing about that. Tony will be the... Um, he'll be the the consultant on the program and then tony's just gonna be like i get to consult do i (laughs) it is going places uh that's honestly like if you want to talk about petty that's how i'd out petty the pettiness it's like you said of of all the things that he talked about nick khan did on on bill simmons this was like the most light-hearted jabbiness possible uh and there's eight years between these two between Nick and Tony Khan. So like that's 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 two generations of high school. Uh 
yeah, that's, I don't have anything to add. It was just, if, if I'm Shad Khan, I'd be like, or if I'm Tony Khan, I go to, to Shad and I'm just like, I have an idea and see if Shad's like, yeah, we can find that money. And then we go just off to the races, see what WWE is really worth to them. Uh, I think, I think, I think no matter what Shad offers, I don't think that's happening. Oh, I, me neither. Imagine, imagine the pettiness that they get away with. Look, man, if the Jags win this playoff game and they keep they keep rolling, Tony Tony's gonna just gonna he's he's gonna get his dad to do it. He's he's one hundred percent good. If the Jags go to the Super Bowl, Tony is a million percent just gonna be like, Dad, I don't care. Oh, the Super Bowl, let's 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 keep it rolling, baby. Let's keep this rolling. Throw all the money you got. Like I'm proving. Look what I'm doing with AEW. I'm proving I can do this. Look, I'm doing ROH. Like, get me WWE. Let me do this as well. Like, let me just run wrestling. There's a reason why AEW runs Vegas during the off season. Because if they're doing it while the Jags are on a roll, AEW would belong to like Caesar's Palace or some shit. <laughs> just keep keep it rolling, Dad. Trevor Lawrence, I'll bring him in for all these appearances and stuff. Let's just keep this rolling, baby. And it, you know what? His dad might his dad might do it. Like shit. The Jags are in the Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's let, let it ride. Give give Tony his WWE title belt oh my god let's do it that's what they do the jags win the super bowl triple h gives them that that wwe title and then tony is just like uh, uh, uh i have a better idea and he walks up <laughs> with a giant check <laughs> and he's just like this oh. is my prize to you and triple h just is like ah! i'm legitimately right. rooting for like a jags super bowl victory <laughs> just one because i want to see if like they do get sent a title like i feel like they have to right just to like it has to be a thing and then two tony should fucking wear that thing and just like show it off proudly of like you guys had to send me this because of another uh organization that i help run won the biggest game of the year you had to send me this and then you know what you should do you should trash it and get the a pull out the aew jaguars title that's what he should do on dynamite stay tuned to dynamite to no, tuesdays. No, no. wednesdays 8 p.m on tbs it, it's got to be around revolution as well right so he comes out at revolution at the press scrum with oh, the wwe jags title and he just sets it down on one of those belt holders that they have for everyone else and he's just like any questions but it's also WWE doesn't send him the WWE title. Triple H just gets petty and sends him the 24 seven title, but it's just the actual 24. That's good. With the Jack's logo just yeah. stickered on the front. That's good. I like that. I like that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's, I think we've beat this to a possible point. Uh, Nikki Bella. They told me not to say dick anymore on total divas penises. <laughs> That is the article verbatim. That is the headline verbatim. Oh my goodness. Uh, we love talking about the Bells podcast here on the show. So uh, why not do it again? Nikki Bella talks about penises. Uh, yeah, she was talking about their bachelorette party. JoJo's having her bachelorette party with, uh, she's getting married to Bray this year. Right, she said, right. um, and then she talked about having penises at her bachelorette party. And then she told the story of 
her being told you can't say dick on total divas anymore like you say it too much and so she's just like all right well i'll say penises i guess and even brie chimed in of like we have kids like we say like wee wees and peepees and all this stuff like what you say with your kids and everything and she talked about a bachelorette party and bobbing for penises and pin the tail on the penis or whatever whatever games these women play at the the bachelorette parties they had a penis pinata jeremy (laughs) penis pinata everyone has a penis pinata right you stick the balls where where it goes and everything is that how it works i have a mother-in-law who this was well before i met her but my my wife has told me a plethora of stories uh including the mother-in-law and chocolate penises out of a chocolate mold i didn't believe it for the longest time and then one time we're over at the house and they're like hey do you have the mold and they they brought out the the steel pan with the molding for chocolate penises so yes it's unfortunately something that people do. Again, I do not know. I haven't been to a bachelorette party. I mean, you were at our technical joint bachelor bachelorette party. There were no penises to, to be found. No penis straws. Very classy event at the hotel outside of uh, Cher Delaware's kids trying to kick the shit out of me. And I, Sean and I nearly power bombed them through a table. That was about, that was about as uh, intense as we got at, at our joint bachelor bachelorette party. No penises though. Um, I wrote this because I, I'm actually mad that this did not pop. The penises did not pop the way that it should have. And it's not, it's not my fault. I'm not taking blame for it. Um, this article was scheduled to go up at like four o'clock on Wednesday. And that's like a decent time for something to run anything before five, like typically unless it's like uh, gets a lot of traction. Uh, If it's past five, unless it's obviously like breaking news type of stuff, like any article, like quotes and stuff just typically don't get a lot of traction. Uh, So I had the schedule for four. The website was having issues and like posts weren't going up. So tweets weren't going out. And finally stuff started working at like seven o'clock on like Wednesday. And of course dynamite's about to come on and everything. And so like this article hits everybody's timeline along with like 15 other posts from Fightful at at like seven o'clock and it got lost in the shuffle. And I'm very mad about that because I was very proud of this headline. And I I figured it would pop people because, you know, this is our humor at Fightful. We rub thighs and write about dicks. Uh, and, and, you know, it unfortunately did not pop because our website was down. So I wanted to cover it this week because I wanted to have more attention than it actually got. And the Bellas podcast is great. They rule. They are entertaining. I, th- I thought you were going to say something like it didn't get whatever traction you expected because it was the it wasn't her brother-in-law talking about it. <laughs> That's the only- that definitely. See, even I mean, maybe if it was Danielson talking about it, then it still would have hit at like seven o'clock when it finally hit feeds. But I don't like stuff just, and this is something I've just learned over the years is like stuff doesn't hit after like five o'clock. Like art, like headlines like this, like they, they just really don't hit. It's gotta be like breaking news stuff. And this is like a, a news almost trope. It's like, Oh, if you don't want it covered, then post it at five. Everybody's getting home from work or leaving work and stuff. They're not just like checking all of this stuff. And I don't know how true a lot of this is, but I have noticed that unless it is like breaking news type stuff, like if you just like put out there, like I, I had, uh, I had something one time that it was relatively timely. It was Paige Van Zant like talking about like her contract and everything. And like, it was relatively timely news. And I posted it at like, this is when Misha Tate and Renee uh, had a podcast um, or a radio show on bus on Sirius XM. And 
I posted like after six, so, but it was very timely because it was like the first interview with Paige Van Zandt after she had like signed and everything. And, but like it didn't get like any traction. People didn't even like pick it up until like the next day or anything from like five to eight, especially because there's wrestling every single week um, or every single day um, from like five to eight. People are just like, ah, we've covered all the news from the day. We've done everything we can do. Like, let's just let's have a little bit of downtime for the next three hours. And then, of course, OK, shows are on. We got to cover the shows and everything. But there is that there's that definite gap from five to eight that I've learned that like unless it is like super breaking news, it just ain't it ain't going to like there, there isn't much traction with this stuff. So that's why I was mad that I had this scheduled for four. I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be a nice, uh, fun way to kind of end the day before Dynamite. And people will pop for it. And then, of course, it didn't go out till six. And it's like no one cared. There you go. Now you know when to drop your news, folks. Yeah. Not during the times Jeremy just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to our final story. William Regal says, I went to AEW with a different plan that never transpired. Very rarely do we hear William Regal pull the uh, the curtain back like this. And he did so on Distraction Pieces podcast with Scoobius Pip. Sorry, Scroobius Pip. I didn't want to get that wrong. Uh, this was a very interesting look. He doesn't, spe- he doesn't specify what the role he was supposed to take was. But William Regal does make reference to the fact that he was brought in for one thing and ended up doing something entirely different that included mostly on-screen work with AEW. Uh, talk to me about this one, Jeremy. I was I was very happy to like find this. Uh, this was just me, you know, doing my usual just kind of research and and look at, looking for something to listen to. But yeah, Regal, you know, he he stopped doing his podcast once the AEW run ended and everything. And he even says in this podcast, like, I'm not doing anything for the next year unless I'm like asked. What I is like, but but I wanted to do this, and even in like the description of stuff, it, it says like it's a lot of just we're going to talk about my career type of type thing. But he does talk about, and it was recorded a few weeks. It seems like it was recorded like first week of January. That's when it, because he did talk about spending time with his family during the holidays and the new year. So even though it just came out this past week, it seemed like it was recorded first week of January. Um, but he did talk about his time in AEW. And yeah, he usually like doesn't pull the curtain back on this stuff. He, he even sometimes like keeps it like kayfabe, even like during his podcast days, like he was, it was some like kayfabe kind of stuff. And he just, he just kind of talked about what you saw like on television type of thing. But he mentioned like, yeah, I came in with one plan and then became a different plan. And he said like, you know, I enjoyed my time at AEW. I get to hang out with Moxley, Claudio, Danielson. And like, we, we did good stuff and I was really happy. But he also said like the last few months, like it just became too much about like me on television and it shouldn't have been about me. It should have been like the performers around me. And I think that was, I think people kind of saw this with Blackpool Combat Club as well of when it started with Regal coming in and Moxley and Danielson, it seemed like it was going to be like very like new Japan dojo type things of like, yeah, we're going to like train people and get these killers. And it's going to be like a uh, MMA training camp type thing. and really like boost the young talent. Like they did that with Yuta. Like it worked with Yuta. Uh, but then like once Claudio came in, it, the vibe felt a little off. Danielson was then like having his issues that were never really resolved with everything. Regal became much more of a focal point, especially during the MJF feud. And he, he referenced that of like those last few months, like 
I, I became too much of that. And it did seem like Blackpool Combat Club like just like lost their way a little bit. I don't know what the original plan was for that group. I don't know what the original plan was for uh Regal if he just if he just wanted to like help backstage and help train and stuff and then became no, you'd be a television performer, be a television performer. Whatever it was, he did talk about that. He didn't talk about like getting out of his contract and all, all the stuff that kind of Tony mentioned when he mentioned that Regal would be leaving. But it was a interesting listen with, with Regal, and I was really happy that like, I was able to just kind of find this and, and pick this up and, and get it out there because people have been kind of waiting for Regal to talk about stuff. And, you know, he, he finally, outside of just, you know, the vague tweets of not even vague, just the, the cliche tweets of like, love my time, going to miss these guys type of thing. So it was, a, it was an interesting uh, listen. So let's, uh, let's spitball for a second. What do you think the position was? You think it was, uh, you think it was training and maybe development? Yeah, I, I do. I do think it was more like training scouting type of thing. And I don't even know like how much scouting because Tony is very involved in watching like the independence and, and stuff. But Regal is obviously he did a lot of that for WWE and he has his eyes on, on a lot of that stuff as well. So I do think having Regal to help with that wouldn't have been a bad thing. I definitely think training was more of a part of it because you know, it, it's been talked about by Danielson. It's been talked about by Regal. It's been talked about by the people who showed up. Like they would hold sessions before television and everything. And it's like, hey, anybody who wants to come can come. And it's, I guess sometimes it got a decent response, and the other times, you know, Danielson has said like, might just be like me and regal in there and there's like two people around ringside but like we're gonna go out there and we're still gonna like tell them everything we know and stuff there is i don't want to say it's a divide i i because I, I, I don't think there's any type of divide but you listen to like arn and you listen to like tolly and regal and these guys are more of these like old school old generation guys and some of these newer guys like they they have said these are words from arn tolly regal of like they don't always like want our opinion on this stuff because they've just grown up in a different way. And it's not everybody in AEW. I don't want to, cause you've also heard guys like Ricky Starks praise of like, Oh, I always talk to this person and you regal is somebody he's mentioned of like, I talked to regal. He he's helped me out with a lot of this stuff, but it does seem there are people in the AEW locker room who are just like, I'm going to keep doing kind of what I've been doing. And I'm not too worried about taking advice from these guys who grew up in the eighties and came up in the eighties and early nineties. Regardless, it seems like uh, all parties are satisfied at this point, given the fact that Regal's gone back to WWE. He's got a position, hopefully that he keeps for a long, long time moving forward, but we'll see. And uh, his time in AEW was memorable at least. So it's good. Uh, Like you said, this is a, a rare occurrence of having regal behind the microphone on a show that wasn't his own uh and i think this was a good a good find and a good way for us to close out the week jeremy let's uh plug the stuff and get out of here go ahead don't don't follow me on twitter follow steven jensen on twitter at fight talk underscore uh check out all the all the stuff we have going on on fightful overbooked there's there's been a lot uh i'm i'm trying to stream on twitch again and so that has helped with uh, some overbooked uploads of um some gaming streams and stuff but if you want to watch the those streams live live on twitch twitch.tv slash fightful gaming you know we do co-stream our our post shows and weekly shows on on twitch but i am trying to bring some more of the the gaming streaming back and it's largely just me 
playing wrestling video games that I've either played before, haven't played in a long time, or I've never played. Just wrestling video games in general. Some again, some stuff I've just I've never played. And so it's fun for me to actually like play those and see like, oh, this is what it was like in the eighties or, or early nineties with, with these games and then how far they've come and, and things like that. So it's fun. And I, I say I say it on the the Twitch streams and I'll say it here of like I I do a lot of news writing as people know, and it is nice for me to unplug from that for an hour, two hours and just like play games and interact with y'all in the chat and just kind of take my brain away from that side of, of wrestling by, but still trying to like give, give, give you guys like some type of content and some type of like interaction. And and sometimes just, you know, space. Like I know a lot of people listening to this who are obviously all wrestling fans and some type of just space of like, Hey, come in here. And if you got nothing else to do, you just want to chat wrestling and hang out. Like you can come hang out with me for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever it might be. And it's very just laid back and stuff. So, you know, go over to twitch.tv slash fightful gaming, subscribe, follow whatever it is. Um, check out all the stuff we have on, on overbooked. Oh my God. What is that? Joel? Is that the alarm? What alarm is going off here? The heck was that? I think that was the alarm to get out of here. Oh, all right. Well, I'll stop. I'll, I'll shut up then. Fightfloverbook.com. Check out all the stuff we have going on. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary. Uh, check us out in the next one. We'll see you then. Cheers. <laughs>